Again, just a uh, reminder for myself and anyone else who is joining that this class is in the merit of a refuah shlema bimheir of Yamenu to Harav Yisrael Noyach Ben Hinda to the Rosh Hashiva Veshet Torah that uh, the, everything we learn tonight is certainly entirely based on the wisdom that he taught me. Uh, so suffice it to say that really you're supposed to quote everything you say so I just did <laughs> I'm, I'm quoting him so I'm not going to quote and I was told this and I was told this just assume that everything that I'm telling you I was taught by him unless it is a mistake in which point it's my own error so we are we're trying to go through the six constant mitzvahs and we went over the six constant mitzvahs last week what they were and just a quick review, we'll do it each time. And the six constant mitzvahs, the definition of the six constant mitzvahs, there are many mitzvahs that we have that we are always required to do them, but that doesn't make them constant. The example we gave was uh, last week, I don't remember the exact example, but an example that I'll give you is honoring your mother and father. You always have to honor your mother and father, but you're not required to do it right at this moment. There's nothing here to require you to honor your mother and father. They're not here. There's no one speaking about them, so you don't have to defend their honor. There's, no, there's nothing requiring you to do it right now. The six constant mitzvahs means that these mitzvahs are required and incumbent upon you to do at every moment of your life. And they were, one, know that there's a God. But we spoke last week what that means. It doesn't just mean know that there's a God. For those of you who are here, you should remember what it means is Know that Hashem loves you. And the Lamaisa, the way we uh, fulfill that mitzvah, is learning to trust Him. Living with Betachon. Learning how to trust Hashem. That's the first of them. The second was, know that He's one. The third, love Him. The fourth, fear Him. The fifth, don't believe in any other gods. And the sixth, don't follow after your eyes and your hearts. Okay? We're going on to number two this week. This week is know that he's one. Now, in reality, in the order of the mitzvahs, in the order of the six constant mitzvahs, that the chinuch is the one who introduced this concept. In the Sefer HaChinuch, I'm going out of the order of the chinuch. Okay? Uh, the second one that the chinuch is don't believe in any other gods. First is know that there's a God, believe that there's a God. Number two is don't believe in any other gods. But I'm going out of the order. I'm saving the don'ts to last. I'm going to do the two don'ts together in class five and six. Um, and you'll, when we get there, you'll understand why. But tonight we're doing that know that Hashem is one. But before we go on, I said last week that the purpose of this class really is a selfish interest. It's really, I'm teaching this class for myself. You happen to be the impetus to force me to learn these things. But I'm teaching these things for myself so that I can finally, once and for all, be real with this. Well, if you're sitting in the class, then you should have the same goal. And you're here to make these mitzvahs real, not just to hear some nice information. Not just to hear some nice ideas. Let's make it real, Lamaisa. Let's make it real. So last week we spent a good hour trying to make it real 
believing in Hashem, learning how to trust Him. And I gave you, I gave you tools that the Rosh Hashiva gave me. So those of you who are here, you should have done them. <laughs> you should have done them in the last week. You came in and I heard some people say, I didn't do my homework. You didn't do your homework, then, then what are we doing? What are we doing here? Right? So we're trying to make this real. If anyone did do it, you should have felt different. You should have felt your Shimon Esrei should have been different. At least the first bracha. At least the first bracha should have been different. Okay? It was a very simple tool. So, because somebody in the class came to me and they said it was great while I was doing it, you know, but then after the class, I couldn't mention the seven things. <laughs> so then, that, that, then, the, then the class didn't work. If you don't remember the seven, then it didn't work. So very quickly, the seven steps in trusting Hashem. This is a review from last week. The seven steps in trusting Hashem. You should do it before you walk into any Shimon Esrei. It's three times a day. You have a nice, quick tool to at least pay attention, at least the first bracha. Okay, probably by the third or fourth bracha, we're all in space. Okay, but at least the first bracha. So number one, right? Those of you who know it, you should mouth it along with me. That's how you're going to remember it. Number one, Hashem loves me. Number two, Hashem's totally aware of me. Number three, we're not going to go into detail on these. You want a detail, you can speak to Mr. Jankovic and he'll give you the link for the video. Okay? Number one, Hashem loves me. Number two, Hashem's aware of me. Number three, number three, Hashem's got the power to give me everything I want. Number four, I don't have the power. No one has the power. There is no other power. Number five, Hashem has given me so much already. Look how much He's given me. Number six is, you don't have to deserve it. Because I've never deserved the past either. So whatever it is I'm asking for, I don't have to deserve it. And number seven, the hardest one of them all is, Hashem knows what's best. Go over those seven steps. Tonight, what we're going to do is, now that we already understand that there is Hashem and we've got to live with Him, what we're going to do now is move to the second step. Know that He's one. What does that mean? If you go into any yeshiva, you go into any library, any Jewish library, any yeshiva, and around the world, doesn't matter where you go, there is one text, aside from the Gemaras and aside from the Chumash, there is one text that you will find in every single one. It's a classic. You'll find it everywhere. It's called Basilis Yasharim, Path of the Just. And in that, he opens up and he starts off and he says in the first sentence, Yesayda Chasidis Visharish Avoda, who she is Baratza Adam Machoy Vasobailamo. A person needs to clarify and understand what is his goal. What is life about? What is my goal? What am I doing here? What are we here for? What's it all about? What are we trying to accomplish? If a person doesn't have a goal, they won't get anything accomplished in life. If a person doesn't have a goal, they will get nowhere in life. A person has to have a goal. Without it, they're lost. That's the first priority in life. Figure out what's your goal. Figure out what life's about. That's the first thing. 
So what's the whole, what's this world created for? What's the goal of the world? So you take a look. You take a look at the last mission in Perki Avos. Kol Everything that was created was only created for one purpose and one purpose only. Everything that was created was created for one purpose and one purpose only. Kavoid Shemayim. It was all created so that we know Hashem. That's it. That's what the world was created for. The world was created so that we know there's Hashem. That's it. Lo bara el lechvoido. The unbelievable Navi of Torah. Parshas Tzav. Haftorah is Yermiyahu. Incredible. You should go read it. Incredible Haftorah. And in the times of Yermiyahu, you know, they had the Beis HaMikdash. Eichel Hashem. They said, Eichel Hashem, what could possibly go wrong? We've got the temple. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? We've got the temple. Eichel Hashem. No, who could touch us? We've got the temple, right? You guys know Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? right? They, 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 that was the whole thing. Hitler knew if I have the Ark, what could happen? Right? That's what the Jews thought. Eichel Hashem, we got the temple, what could happen? And Yermiel comes along and he says, Koyamar Hashem. Koyamar Hashem. Oyloiseichem, Sifual, Zivchechem. Eat them. Eat the Oyla. Go ahead, eat it. Go ahead and eat the ola if you know anything about a carbon. There's all different types of carbonates. One carbon is called an ola. An ola is a carbon that is put on the Mizbeach and it is entirely burnt on the Mizbeach. No one eats any of it. No Kohen, no owner. It is entirely burned on the altar as if Kiviyachal Hashem eats it. You're offering an offering to Hashem. And the Nelvi comes along and he says, Keep it! Keep it. <laughs> Eat it. As a matter of fact, Hashem, Hashem doesn't need it. Hashem doesn't need it. Can you stop? Sorry. It's distracting. Hashem doesn't need it. He says, I didn't tell the Jewish people about this when I brought them out of Mitzrayim. I didn't tell them that this is what I was bringing them out to do. I didn't tell him, oh, I'm bringing it out so you can offer carbonos. That's not what I brought him out to do. Only this. This is what I brought him out to do. This is what I brought him out to do. And you read the Haftorah, but look at how the Haftorah ends. This is the, this is the conclusion of the Haftorah. I didn't bring him out for carbonus. I brought him out for this. A wise man, don't praise yourself for your wisdom. Don't, don't, don't be all proud of your wisdom. And don't be proud of the strong man for your strength. And the rich man, don't be all proud of your wealth. Ki'im bezois yeshalel. You want to be proud of something? There's only one thing to be proud of. Ki'im zeh. Hameshalel haskel v'yadaya oisi. 
You want to know what you can be proud of? If you thought about and you know me, Num Hashem. That's what Hashem says. You want to know what you can be proud that you actually accomplished in this world? You think you want to, you want to know what you can what can you accomplish in this world? That you know me. That's it. That's all you can accomplish in this world. Because I'm the one who does the chesed. But you do chesed? I'm the one who does chesed. Mishpatuts dakabarts. I'm the one who does the chesed. I'm the one who does the mishpat. I'm the one who does the tzedakah. I do it all. What do you do? What can you be possibly proud of? You do nothing. I do it all, Hashem says. This is what I desire. That you know me. That's it. That's what the purpose of the wife is. The whole purpose of our lives is that we know that there's Hashem. That's it. But to know Hashem means know who He is. Know who is Hashem. You know, we gave the example last week, I think we gave the example of a pen, that if you have a pen, you know that a pen writes, so you know that's the purpose of the pen. But who made the pen? What was the pen made? Like, who made the pen? Okay, so it's meant to write. Was it meant to write poetry? Was it meant to write, you know, a sonnet? Was it meant to write songs? Was it meant to write an essay? Was it meant to doodle? What was it meant to do? The only way you can know that if you know who made the pen. So you want to know Hashem, you got to know who is Hashem. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. You want to know who Hashem is? Hashem is Echad. That's Hashem. That's all Hashem is. Echad. Hashem is one. That's the mitzvah, to know that Hashem is one. And that's who Hashem is. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. And that is what we are here to do. You're here to be a big chacham? You're in the world to be a big tamud chacham? No. You're in the world to be a gibor? What's a gibor? Mishnah in Perkyava says what? Ezehu gibor? Who's a gibor? A koivish es yitzra. We're not talking about a muscle man. Someone who's koivish es yitzra. Someone who's misgaber on his yetzer hara, i.e., someone who's able to mekayim mitzvahs. Oh, you're in the world to be a big tzaddik. That's what you're here for—to be a big tzaddik. How you shalel? How you shalel the gvura? So there's nothing to be praiseworthy about being a big tzaddik. Ashir, an ashir, ezel ashir, hasameach bechalko. No, you're in this world what to be happy. As long as he's happy. <laughs> as long as he's happy. That's what we're here for, to be happy. <laughs> That's what we're here for. To know Hashem. And to know that He's one. Echad. That's it. Just to give you an example of how profound that this is the essence of creation. That this is the essence of creation. And this is a culmination of your life's work. It's two things. One, that this is the essence of living, that this is the essence of what the world is about, and it's the culmination of life's work. That's what you can say you accomplished. Knowing Hashem. If you look in the Chinuch, you see that this is one of the mitzvahs we were meant to die for. 
There are several mitzvahs that you're actually required to die for. If, I say, if someone comes to you with a gun and points a gun at you and says, break this commandment, or I shoot you. Eat this bacon or I'm going to shoot you in the head. You know what you say back? Can I get some eggs with it? <laughs> Can you make it a little lean? A little <laughs> Is that okay? And you eat the bacon. If someone comes to you and says, bow down to this idol, or I'm going to shoot you, you say, please don't shoot me. You don't bow down. This is one of those mitzvahs. To deny that Hashem is a chad, you're meant to die for it first. Before you say, no, he's not a chad. Incredible. You're meant to die for it. This was the cry that the Jewish people had when they'd go to war. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elohim Hashem Echad. There's in a tremendous story. I, 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 I feel horrible. I don't remember where it is. Rabbi Akiva. They woke Rabbi Akiva. They were going to kill Rabbi Akiva. In the Gemara that says that when they took Rabbi Akiva out to kill him, it was time for Shema. A famous story. And they took Rabbi Akiva out and they started to, and they were about to kill him. They were combing his skin off. It was, it was, they tortured him to death. And what does he do? Shema Yisrael Hashem Eloikeinu. Hashem Echod. And his students were there. And the students said to him, Rebbe, <laughs> until here, you still got it. You got to be the Toch Mitzvahs. They're killing you. And Rebbe Akiva turns to them and says, my whole life, Mitzdar al-Pasuk. I was bothered by a Pasuk. I was bothered by a Pasuk in Shema. My whole life I was bothered by this Pasuk that says, Hashem b'chol I was bothered. You got to love Hashem with all your soul. And what, are the, what does Chazal say? What does it mean, all your soul? Ready to die for it. I'm bothered. When, like, how am I supposed to fulfill that? I'm supposed to die. I'm not supposed to commit suicide, but how am I supposed to fulfill this mitzvah? And Rabbi Akiva says, and now that the opportunity has come to my hands, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and the Gemara goes on and says that Rabbi Akiva was marich be'echad, and is yotzin ishmasoi be'echad, and he died when he said echad. And a baskol came out. I wish I had the exact words for you. And a baskol came out and says, Ashrecha Rebbe Akiva. Praiseworthy is Rebbe Akiva. Then his soul went out with Echad. Now obviously the simple meaning of that Gemara is what? Is that he died when he said Echad. He was able to fulfill that mitzvah. But no. That his soul went out with Echad. That he fulfilled his life's work. That's what it means. He fulfilled his life's commitment, his goal. What's my goal of life? To know Echad. And it's something you'll never know. You'll never fully know that Hashem's Echad. Until when? Until we get out of the body. Until we die. Until, as long as we're stuck in this confusion of this world, we can never really know that Hashem's Echad. That's why it's a life's work. It's a whole life's avoda. To figure out what it means that Hashem's Echad. But we can make steps. We can try. We can make the effort as we go along. 
And the effort will change us. It'll make us grow. It'll affect us. But to fully know it, it'll only happen when we die. And that's what it means. Rabbi Akiva got it. The culmination of his life. Echad. There's another Gemara. The Gemara asks, the Gemara goes through a whole thing and it comes out that, uh, that Hashem wore tefillin. Whatever that means. <laughs> whatever, whatever that means that Hashem wore tefillin. The Chumash talks about that Moshe Rabbeinu asked to see Hashem's back. First he wanted to see Hashem's face. And Hashem says, you can't see my face. So you can see my back. I'll let you see my back. He stuffed him in a rock and Hashem passed by and he allowed him to see. And the Gemara says that he saw the Kesher Shel Tefillin. He saw Hashem's Tefillin not. Whatever that means. We're not here to discuss what that means. But the Gemara goes on and says, well, what's in Hashem's Tefillin? We know what's in our Tefillin. Shema. Shema is in our Tefillin. Shema Yisrael. Hashem Elokin. Hashem Echad. So the Gemara wants to know, well, what's in Hashem's Tefillin? <laughs> what's he got? So the Gemara answers that the Pesach says, Mi ka'amcha Yisrael. How wonderful is the Jewish people. And the Gemara asks, like, Hashem, like, it matters to Hashem, this nation, that nation. And the Gemara goes on and says, yeah. That Hashem says that you made me this special treasure, Ba'olam. I make you a special treasure in my world. And the Gemara says, where do you see that the Jewish people made Hashem a special treasure? Where do you see that the Jewish people made Hashem a special treasure? And the Gemara says, Shema Yisrael Hashem Eloheinu Hashem Echad. That's how we make Hashem a special treasure. By saying Hashem's Echad. Because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. There is nothing else. There is nothing else. So, with the time left, what we want to understand is, what, like, everyone says it. Everyone in this room says, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokein Hashem Echad. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokein Hashem Echad. Right? We say it. Hashem Zechad, Hashem Zechad. And people have no idea. What's the mitzvah? What do you mean I make Hashem one? What do you mean one? So the Chinuch goes on and he says, you know what the definition of one is? The definition of one, not two. One, not two. There's nothing else. There's no other partnership. It's Hashem and nothing else. No one else is involved. Like we saw in the Navi. Ani say chesed. I'm the one who does it. Nobody else does it. Nobody else is doing it. That's me. I'm one, not two. There's no other power involved. But it's much more than that. One and no parts. No parts. I should have meant anthropomorphism is not a Jewish concept. We, we, you know, we taught the world about this infinite God. There's no little old man sitting up there waiting for us when we get there. It's not George Burns, okay? <laughs> Even though he did a phenomenal God. I mean, he was, there was no one better. I mean, Morgan Freeman can't hold a candle to him. <laughs> Come on, we know he's Jewish. He's not. You know. <laughs> Come on. But it's not Jewish Burns. It's one. There's no parts. There's no anthropomorphism. And that word didn't come out, right? You can edit that. There's no. Hashem doesn't have any eyes. Hashem doesn't have any hands. Hashem doesn't have a mouth. There's one. There's no parts. There's one, and it's constant. It, no changes. So one, not two. One, no parts. One, no changing. 
Hashem has no emotions. Hashem has no emotions. Last week we spoke about that Hashem loves us. But to really understand Hashem Echad, you have to appreciate that Hashem doesn't love. Hashem has no emotion. Emotion is a human thing. We say Hashem loves us. Yeah, we say Hashem loves us. And Chazal said, to break our ears, to get it in our skull, just like we spoke about last week. You need to daven? Does Hashem know what you're davening for before you open your mouth? You don't need to daven. Hashem knows. So what are you davening for? What are you wasting your time for? Just walk in there and go, all right, Hashem, you got it covered? Okay, and walk out. <laughs> you go through, all right, Hashem, please help me with my kids. Okay, please. All right, Hashem, please help me with my Shalom Bayes. Hashem, please help me with my Parnassa. And that what? And by the way, this is what I need for my Parnassa. What, he doesn't know? He doesn't have an accounting system up there. Hashem knows. What are you asking for? The Shabbat Ha'ezen. To break your ear, to get it into you what you're davening for. Oh, really? That's what you're asking for? You really want that? <laughs> you better think about it. Do you know the halacha is, is that really not a single one of us should daven? Halachically speaking, no. Because not a single one of us, you'll forgive me if I'm being somewhat presumptuous here, but I'm going to assume that none of us really has proper kavana. Every single word you're having proper kavana. You didn't daydream once in that Shmonas, right? The halacha is we shouldn't daven. But the poskin halacha is better you daven anyway. Even though really you shouldn't. Better you daven anyway. To get it in you, what it means to daven. Hashem doesn't love. Hashem has no emotion. It's constant. When we say Hashem loves us, what we're trying to understand is that any love that you can fathom pales in comparison to the giving that Hashem does. It's constant. So again, one, not two. One, not two. There's no other power. It's all Hashem. One, no parts. There's no anthropomorphism. There's no hands. There's no eyes. There's no little old man on the top of a mountain. One, no changing. It's constant. There's no emotions. Hashem is constant. But the ultimate, and before we get to the climax, there's an ultimate and then there's a climax. One, there is no other. There's nothing else. Not there is no other power. There is nothing else. There is nothing else. There is only Hashem. We just read in Pesach in the Haggadah, Baruch HaMakom, Baruch Hu. Blessed is the place. You call God the place? It is this mitzvah that the Jewish people got the concept, we're the philosopher, we're the nation of philosophers. Because no one can understand this but the Jewish people. You go out there and you tell the world about there's a loving, compassionate God. They can understand that. We taught the world that. There's an infinite being. They can understand that. We taught the world that. You go out there and you say, the place. They have no idea what you're talking about. That's what it means, Hashem Zechad. Hamakom is the culmination of Hashem Zechad. Because why? The Gemara says. Why is Hashem called Hamakom? Because Hashem is the place of the universe. 
The universe is not the place of Hashem. Hashem is the place of the universe. Hashem is where you find the universe. The universe is not where you find Hashem. I.e., the universe is no more or less a creation than all your little electronic gadgets. We're like, wow, an iPhone. Look what Apple created. The universe is no more, no less than an iPhone. It's no, just a creation. That's all it is. That's all it is. It doesn't exist. It's a facade. The Gemara speaks about the miracle in the Beis Hamikdash. In the first Beis Hamikdash, there were, there were probably about 17, 18 miracles. The Gemara says 10, but then it comes out that it was 10 that were outside, not inside. We're not counting the ones inside. It's a whole list when you start counting the ones inside and outside. Probably about 15, 16 miracles. One of the miracles in the Beis Hamikdash is that the Aram couldn't have been there. Wasn't there. Physically, it was there. It wasn't there. Because if you took a ruler, it wasn't there. It didn't exist. The Kaidish Kedashim was 20 Amas. When you measured the Aram, from every side you measured it, was 10 Amas. You got a 20 by 20 square, and you got a big Aram in the middle of it. You went and measured it. Any side you picked and measured to the wall was 10 ohms. Didn't exist. Didn't exist because the physical doesn't exist. It's not real. Doesn't exist. The physical world doesn't exist. This is all a facade. Which brings us to the culmination, the epitome of what it means, echad, what it means, one, it's not just one, no other. It's not just one, no parts. It's not just one, no changes. And it's not just one, there is nothing else. It's one that anything you could possibly want and desire is only that. Anything you possibly want and desire and any pleasure you could possibly get in this world isn't real. The only pleasure that's real is that one. And any pleasure you get in this world, underlying that pleasure, underlying that, is the pleasure of Echad. The pleasure of one. Any pleasure. If any of you are not familiar, there's five levels of pleasure. I should all know them. Five levels of pleasure. You go through every single one of those, and we're going to go into more detail in the next week with loving Hashem. Every single one of those pleasures, the real essence of that pleasure is Hashem. First level pleasure, what's that? Loving Hashem. Well, that's obvious. Second level pleasure is being like Hashem. That's obviously loving Hashem. You love Hashem, you want to be like Him. Third level is creativity, is power. Well, that's, that's Hashem. The ultimate creation, the ultimate creativity. You know what the ultimate creativity is? The ultimate creativity is for each one of us to take this behemoth that we are and turn it into a human. That's creativity. To be able to take this behemoth that we are, this lazy, 
emotionally erratic creature that cares nothing about its self-indulgence and turn it into an adam. That's creativity. That's creation. What greater creation could you have than that? The ability to create life? That's Hashem. Hashem creates life. Fourth level pleasure, love, relationships. What do you love about people? What do you love about people? Do you love that they're despicable? <laughs> oh, that guy, wow, he can insult somebody good. <laughs> he can really do. No. When we see someone has a trait of the infinite, that's what we love. Oh, he's kind. He's compassionate. We love that because it's a spark of the infinite. And fifth level pleasure, physical pleasure, an ice cream cone, a good hamburger. What do we love? The sweetness of life. Life is sweet. What, we love sustenance? Oh, that IV's good. <laughs> Food needs to taste good? You guys, what does it need to taste good for? It's on sustenance. Give me an IV. You can save me time and money. Just hook me up. No. The sweetness of life. Life is sweet. Well, that's connected with something that's bigger than life. That's Hashem. Anything you could possibly want and desire in this world, that's Echad. Because there is nothing else. Nothing else is real. So just like last week, I'll try and give you some practical tools on how to do this. The first and foremost practical tool is the mezuzah. That's what the mezuzah is for. Hey, you think the mezuzah is there to ward off evil spirits? That's, 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 that's the other movements. That's not what we say. Yeah, it's true, but that's not, our, that's not what it's there for. All the mitzvahs are means to an end. And don't misunderstand. That doesn't mean you don't have to do them. That doesn't mean you don't have to do them. You have to do them, but they're there as a means to an end. What's the end? The goal, the goal, the goal. Yichud Hashem. You know, Jews for generations used to say before they did a mitzvah, L'shem yichud kuchibrichu shchintay. Look in the art scroll, you'll find it. I think by tefillin and, and, and sitzes they have it. They don't have it by any other mitzvah. Oh, by the Omer. For some reason, they all have it by the Omer. <laughs> the Omer. Everyone's got harini, hini, milchun, and mezum, and l'chaim, mitzvah, sasei. Right? By the Omer. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. But Jews used to say for every mitzvah, l'shem yichud kuchibrichu. I'm doing this mitzvah to know Hashem's one. To get me to achdus with Hashem. The ultimate mitzvah for that is the mezuzah. That's what it's for. What's in the mezuzah? Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alakin, Hashem Echad. Why in the doorway? You're about to go from point A to point B. That's movement. You're moving forward in life. You're going from point A to point B. It's movement. The only movement that matters is closeness to Hashem. The only movement that matters is more awareness of what Hashem is. Echad. So when you walk by a mezuzah, just stop for a moment. Whether you want to kiss it, why not, that's up to you. But at least you walk by a mezuzah and just stop and go, Echad. That's it. You don't have to do more than that. 
That's why I said it's incredible. Remember, I opened the Gemara and I says, "Wow, <laughs> I can't believe it." Tanura Bonin, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokin Hashem Echad, Zukriya Shema. That's it. Shal Yerubah and Nasi. Mitzvah Daraisa Shal Kriya Shema. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokin Hashem Echad. That's it. That's the Mitzvah Daraisa. Amr Le Rebbe Le Rebbe Chia Lo Yichazina Le Le Rebbe Dimakabel Le Malchus Shemayim. I don't see that. I don't see how does Rebbe accept upon himself all Malchus Shemayim, accepting upon himself that Hashem is King. That's what Echad means. Echad, He's the King. There's no other King. That's what a King is. A King is I'm in charge. Good to be the King. I'm in charge, not you, me. That's what Shema is. Well, when does Rebbe do that? That's got to take time. Sit and think. One, not two. One, you know, this is deep stuff. It's very hard. No. So I'm relying. Bar my young one. Bishash, Imaver Yodavaponov. It's like that, Don. Doesn't take that long. He puts his hand on. He's Makabal. So at least the mezuzah. You walk by the mezuzah, just stop and say, Echod, Hashem's one. And then as you're walking on, you can go, one, not two, one, no parts, one, no changing, one, there is nothing else. And one, that's all I want. At least by the mezuzah. Second, a bracha. When you say a bracha, baruch ato, you're speaking, baruch ato, unbelievable, we have the power to speak, you, hey you! <laughs> hey, imagine walking into, you know, the Watts and just go, hey you! <laughs> imagine the response you'll get. We have the, we have the reshus, we got the power to go, you, to Hashem. And who are we speaking to? Boruch Ato Hashem. Yud Kevovke. The Eternal. One. When you say a bracha, stop and just say, who are you talking to? Just, be, just for a second. Just who are you talking to? I mean, don't you think it's a little bit of a chutzpah that we don't? Don't you think it's a little bit of a chutzpah? We say brachas all the time. We never stop and say who we're saying a bracha to. Imagine you just gave somebody. Imagine you just gave me something. <laughs> you just gave me something. It's something worthwhile. I mean, you know, an apple's worthwhile. It's, all, it's only your life. It's only sustenance. That's all. It only keeps you alive. But okay, let's say you give me something. You know, you lend me five dollars. Thanks. And I keep talking to you. Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> you ever have someone do that to you? You ever try and talk to someone and they start doing it? The eyes glaze over. <laughs> and they're looking at you. But you know they're not listening to you. How often do we do that to Hashem? To Hashem. Right? That was an eight on a shackle, but I already said a bracha. That'll be embarrassing someone watches this. <laughs> right? But how many times have you seen yourself do that? Oh, yeah, 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 shackle, yeah. <laughs> You're talking to Hashem. Echad. At least before you say a bracha, take a moment. Baruch atah Hashem. And then slur the rest of it. All right. But at least then. And at least the Shema. For sure the Shema. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And you read the halacha, you go through the halacha, it says that you're supposed to think about the four corners of the world, 
and all the ruchos all coming together. I have this, I've got this, whenever I, I always have this, I always want someone to make like some digital image of it for me, like, you know, you got the whole universe, right? And I'm sure you've seen something like this on, on, uh, on, the, on video on the internet or something. You know, you got the whole universe and then I picture just everything going. <laughs> That's Echad. Echad. So at least when you say the Shema. Okay? It's a quick review. Second of the six constant mitzvahs in this order that we're doing. This is not the second in the order. In the order that we're doing. First is, know that there's Hashem. But what does that mean? Know that He loves you. But it's not enough to know that He loves you. Know who He is. That's the life's avoda. Do you realize, and I know that we're just a few minutes over, do you realize that this mitzvah is the culmination of all the six mitzvahs? Lo'i bara o'ilamo'i ela lechvaydai. This is it. When we finish all six mitzvahs, you'll see that all six of them are there for helping us understand one. Know that, he's, know that He loves you. That's all there is. That He loves you. You can't rely on anything else. You can only rely on Him. Don't believe in any other gods. Because there aren't any other gods. There's only one God. Don't run after your eyes and your hearts. What's that? That's this world. Don't run after this world. This world is false. It's a lie. It doesn't exist. There's only one. Love God. What else are you going to love? And <laughs> What else is there to love? Fear Him. Awe. Fear is awe. What else are you going to be in awe of? The newest gadget? Whoa! <laughs> Look at the lines. <laughs> what else is there to be in awe of? That's it. There's only one. That's it. So there's one. There's nothing else. Go through the steps. There's one. There's no other. There's one. There's no parts. There's one, there's no change. There's one, and there is nothing else. Nothing else exists. And there's one, there's nothing else to desire. And at least when you're saying Shema, think about that. At least when you're saying a bracha, think about that. And at least when you walk by a mezuzah, think about that. Excuse me. Next week, love Hashem. Yeah, you got a question? We're officially done because uh, 9 o'clock's Marv if anyone wants to dive in Marv. Otherwise, you can stay and ask questions. Question, you said that uh, Hashem has no emotions. Um, but you also said that He loves us. How, right. How, how can we understand this? Reconcile this. So, the first thing you do is, and, and on this one, I... I I don't understand my Rebbe. I'll say that right now. I don't understand the Rosh Shiva. The Rosh Shiva says that there's three steps. I, I don't see the first step. So, what was the question? Um, I said that Hashem has no emotions. But yet, we say Hashem loves us. So I'll tell you the Rosh Shiva's three steps, and then I'll tell you mine. Mine's just two and three. He says, first, you come to understand that there is this creator, this infinite being. But then to make that real, because that's abstract, to make that real, you then go on to say that Hashem loves you. 
You then go on to say that Hashem loves you. Look at what He's done for you. That's got to be the greatest gift of all, is to know that Hashem loves you. Right? That's what we spoke about last week. But then to realize, to move past that, to move past that, you then go on to realize that Hashem doesn't love. Hashem doesn't love Hashem, doesn't have emotions. See, you're allowed to say Hashem loves you so you understand and make real what it means that there's Hashem and what it means to you that there's Hashem. But to really appreciate the power of Hashem, you've got to understand that Hashem has no emotions. To really understand the power of Hashem, to really understand that you can change the world because it's not up to you, because Hashem will do it like that, is to really understand that because that's what Hashem is. Hashem is that. It's constant. You've got to get that deep concept into your mind. But if that's difficult, you're allowed to say, okay, forget it, Hashem loves me. It's a lifetime of Oda here. You know, there's a machlokas between the Rambam and the Raivin. The Rambam says, if anyone says that Hashem loves them, like really says, believes it, not just like, yeah, Hashem loves me, but to get it in my mind what it means that Hashem loves me, but, but actually says, no, Hashem really does love me. He really does have an emotional attachment to me. I'm talking about emotions here. He's an Epicurus. He's a heretic. And he has no share in the world to come. <laughs> if he really says that, the Raivan comes along and says, no, 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 he's not, he's not an Epicurus. He's just mistaken. Making a mistake. The Raivan agrees it's a mistake. He just thinks he's just not an Epicurus. He's not a heretic. It's a natural feeling you have once you realize how much it's giving. But and and the Raivet says, because the Torah says it. The Torah says Hashem's got a yad. The Torah says Hashem loves us. But the Raivet says it's saying that so that you come to appreciate what it means that Hashem takes care of us. So that we, Shabirat and I said, so that we understand what it means that Hashem gives. So that we understand what it means that Hashem creates. You know, Roshiva says, we say to Hashem, Avinu Malkena, you're our father, our king. Hashem's our father? Hashem gave birth to me? <laughs> Who's the mother? <laughs> Who's the mother then? Hashem's not our father. Hashem has no emotions. Emotions are wavering. They're not constant. You love in ups and downs. You love him, you don't love him. Emotions vary. You care about that one, you dislike that one. Hashem, everything's constant with Hashem. There is no emotion. So I say, I say that there's two steps. I say, I don't see the first step. I say, first you come to knowing Hashem loves you. That's first. I don't understand the first, I'm saying, I'm not saying I say, I say, I don't understand the Rosh Hashim's three steps, so I understand it as two steps. That first you come to understand that Hashem loves you. Before you really come to understand that there's an infinite being. Then, once you understand that Hashem loves you, you've got to take it past that. 
to really understand that Hashem does not love me. That's an emotion. Hashem has no emotion. Hashem is echad. Hashem is one. To really understand, see, Johnny, what I'm trying to say is to really understand that there is no world. This world doesn't exist. To really understand that, to really understand that the pleasure that we get in this world, the things that we run after, are not real. The only way to really understand that is to really understand what echad is. And echad, by definition, means the kid are no emotions. There can't be emotions. If there are emotions, it can't be echad. It can't be one. Because emotions vary. Emotions change. Emotions fluctuate. But you're allowed to say it. If it's hard for you to comprehend, you're allowed to say it. That's what, that's what Chazal said. You're allowed to say it. And you should say it. We said last week, you should say it. You should say, Hashem loves me. But just don't really think that there's a, just don't think that there's this being up there that has a warm, fuzzy feeling towards you. <laughs> That's heresy. Should we feel that being has a warm, fuzzy vibe towards everything? No. Warm, fuzzy is heresy. Don't think that there's warm and fuzzy up there. Tepid? Nothing. Constant. Echod. I, I was going to let it go, but since Jonah brought it up, I get that human emotions are subject to change. We get that. Right. But, um, but, but this Hashem love, whatever that means, we don't know. We, we don't know if that's subject. We don't know. We don't really understand that. We don't really. He created these emotions. Right. So we don't really know. I mean, we don't, how, how do you how do you know that Hashem doesn't have just a, an unchangeable eternal love for? He does, but it's not the love that you and I. It's not our love. It's not our love. Human love. But He created love. He created our love. He created our love so that we have an understanding of what it means that He takes care of us. So that we understand what it means that He gives us. So that we understand what it means that He put us in this world. Right, so for we, our benefit. When we say Hashem loves us, we're thinking in our terms, but That's right. Hashem created this word love, this emotion, right. when Hashem might have something going on that's way beyond our... He does. It's not in my... He does, by definition. He's echad. It's beyond anything of this world. So to, to don't think that, that, that there, there is no human emotion out there. Isn't it insulting to say that the fact that he created these emotions, that he doesn't have them? No. Doesn't mean he is them. Doesn't mean he is them. But he created them. He created them for us. It's yeah, not insulting. It's insulting for us to say that he has them. It's a great, there's a great Gemara. It's insulting for us to attribute anything to Hashem. That's an insult. As a matter of fact, so much so, the Gemara says that if it wasn't for the fact that Chazal told us that we could attribute things to Hashem, we wouldn't be able to say a word. A word. No, but it says... A word. It says in the Navi's like, Hashem doesn't need eyes to see, doesn't need ears to hear, so he doesn't need emotions. He doesn't need emotions. He doesn't need. He has no needs. 
The Gemara gives an example. A person went up to Davin. Right? Shimon Esrei. Boruch Ato Hashem. Okay? And then he kept going on. Then he just kept going on with praises and praises and praises and praises. And the rabbis, when he finished, said to him, Did you finish all the praises of Hashem? You got them all? Did you get them all? You covered them all? You got all the bases covered? Did you, you didn't miss a thing, did you? If it wasn't for the fact that Chazal said to say those, you're insulting him by saying anything. Imagine the following. Imagine the following. Imagine you see a great man. This is Roshiv again. <laughs> imagine you see a great man. I mean, whatever great man you could imagine, okay? And he's about to give a speech. And he's got his, you know, his entourage <laughs> with him. And before he speaks, he looks to the gentleman sitting next to him. The, the speaker looks to the, to the man sitting next to him, young man. And he motions to the podium. This man's just been given the honor to introduce the speaker. And he gets up. He says, I'd like to introduce our speaker. And before he speaks, I just want to tell you a little bit about him so you know the caliber of the man that's about to speak to you. I watch this man get dressed every day and he's never missed a button on his shirt when he buttons it. Never missed it. Always made sure he got all the buttons in the holes. And when he tied his shoes, they always stay tied for at least an hour or two. I don't understand how he does it. This man is special. You should listen to him. And then he sits down. And you giggle. And you giggle. But imagine, picture the man you respect the most, whoever that is, with the most wisdom you've ever heard, is the one that motioned to him. Please introduce me. And he's sitting there looking seriously at him. And he gets up and he goes to the Pope and he says, thank you so much for those kind words. And then he begins to speak. What lesson were you just taught? What does that tell you? Why did he let him speak? Why did he let him speak? To make a to ridicule him? Because you get you laughed. Of course you laugh. You'd laugh if you otherwise you'd bite your lip because you saw the rabbi's not laughing. Why did he know what he would say? Yeah, uh, clearly. So he knew he'd say something simple. Simple, right? Simple. Good. Good. Good analyzation. Simple-minded. It's like those ridiculous Haggadahs when they translate the Tom. You know, they put the kid with the X's. That's not what it means. Yaakov was called Tom. But this is a simple-minded person. That's what he thinks is so great about this Rosh Yeshiva, we'll say, who's about to get up and speak pearls of creation. And he's like, I'm telling you, he never missed a button. So he didn't want someone to give him a, a big introduction. Because he doesn't know. No? No? Because he obviously loves that kid. And he wants to give him the pleasure of introducing him. The covered. I want to give you the pleasure of introducing me. But that's my praise? That I button a button? 
It's like you print Bill Gates. Man, that guy's got a lot of money. You know, he can afford a Porsche. <laughs> he can afford a Porsche. No, he can afford those new Maseratis. Wow. I don't know how he does it. Prime grill. Prime grill every day Come he, can, on. he could afford. Is that a joke? His interest could buy Porsches. His hourly interest could buy a Porsche. It's a joke. I kill a good doll like you. Hashem's great. <laughs> we know what greatness is. What do we know about Hashem? We have the audacity to say, Hashem, you're great. It's a chutzpah. That's a chutzpah. For us to say, oh, no, Hashem, Hashem, you obviously gave us this character trait. You must have it. That's an insult. <laughs> Hashem's got our character traits. That's an insult. One time, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one example that's not the Rosh Hashiva. All right, Mutti Berger, one of the most profound minds to walk the face of the earth probably in the last 50 years. Unbelievable mind. One year, he was giving a lecture. He told me this. He wasn't there, but he told me this. And it was very hot. This is back before that air conditioning in the old city. And it was, so they said, you know, it's just these rooms are stifling. Let's do the class outside. So they go outside, they find a nice shady place to do the class. Now, if you're familiar with the old city of Jerusalem, you know that it attracts some interesting people. So sure enough, Mutti's given this class. And in the middle of the class, you notice one of these old city folk come over. And, I mean, this is clearly a, a person that's not... He's, he's not playing with a full deck, okay? So, which means he's probably, pro he's probably speaking prophecy because that's what the Gemara says. I mean, this is clearly a man that is not part of the normal, sustain, sane world. That if you would see him, you'd cross the street because you just don't want to, okay? That's the type of person we're talking about. And Mutti's given his class and it's a very deep concept about how suffering and free will, I mean, it's a, it's a whole very complex subject that Rabbi Berger's teaching. And he finishes the class. And there's silence except for a very slow... That was brilliant, Rabbi. And everyone turns around, and it's the Nebach. And what do you think Rabbi Berger says to himself? I just went my whole class. <laughs> the Nebach thought it was a good class. <laughs> <laughs> the Nebuch thought it was good. That's us talking to Hashem. <laughs> so Hashem doesn't love. That is our character trait. There's no fuzzy, warm feeling going on up there. Not for us, not for all of humanity, not for the universe. But Hashem loves us. We say it, and we say it every day, and you should say it every moment of the day. So that you get into our thick-headed skulls that Hashem takes care of us. Hashem constantly loves us, constantly gives to us, constantly looks out for us, constantly creates us. No ending. And whatever love you feel for your wife, your children, your parents, pales in comparison to that love. That's what it means. <laughs>